Welcome to this podcast from the Vessel Collective Church here in the heart of Texas. Our mission is to be vessels of the living Christ, set apart for His purpose and His kingdom. We thank you for sharing in this message here today. Awesome. Thank y'all. Well, good morning. Man. And welcome to fall. Are y'all excited about the fall being here? As we all know, the fall is officially marked by two things. The start of Texas Longhorn football and dove season. So if you're a dove hunter, that happens today as well. So Jacob, who normally plays on our worship team, he is killing birds right now. So, and then this afternoon, Keller and I are, uh, that's what we're doing. We're headed out and we're going to go with my stepfather and San Marcos and we're going to go shoot birds. And I used to have this great, when I used to go, I love dove hunting, and I love dove hunting like I go twice a year and uh, enjoy it. But I used to have this really great, uh, we had, Shanna had a Weimaraner for 12 years, and she was the best retriever. I mean, she was a great bird dog. I mean, she picked up every bird I shot. And so she passed away, sadly, as that's what happens. You get married, you get a dog, and then you have kids, and your first dog goes, and then you get a family dog. So now we have a Brittany Spaniel, and she's a wonderful dog. She she's, uh, loves the kids, is, is a lot better of a family dog than our Weimaraner was. And she is a bird dog, and she's super birdie, but she will not pick the bird up. I mean, she's a diva. She'll go to it. She'll find it. She will not retrieve it. And so, but luckily, I have a seven-year-old who thinks it's fun for me to shoot birds and for him to pick them up. It's like better than a retriever. So he complains a little bit more and, you know, but um, anyway, so those things mark the fall. And it's interesting, uh, we've, uh, this morning is going to look a little bit different as far as message goes. And and what I want to do is I want to talk through a little bit about where we've been the past three months and the past three months before that, and really where we're going as a church. And, And so... As we started gearing up and we started planning for, planning for the teaching for this fall, we had this Labor Day Sunday, and, and I've, told the, I've told you guys this, but next Sunday we're starting an 11-week week series in the book of John, in the book of John. Uh, and we're going to be teaching through that. Myself, I'm going to be teaching. Uh, Joe is going to be teaching some. Sean is going to be teaching some. Steve Shaver is going to be teaching. And so we all met and talked about kind of the plan for the fall and what that's going to look like. And so I'm, I'm super excited about that. But we had this, and we finished up last week, if y'all were here, on this, this series called Why We Gather. And if you didn't listen to that series or you weren't here for all those, you can go to our, uh, if you have uh, iTunes or you have Google Play or if you have Spotify, podcasts are on Spotify now. If you look up Vessel Collective Church, you can find all those. I encourage you to go and listen to them. Um, and it's, it's been interesting as we've been looking, like as we move into this new season of the fall, our church has really only, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's, it's strange. And if you're new this morning, I think this will be really encouraging for you to hear a lot about who we are uh, as a church and what God's been doing and what we anticipate that God is going to do. Um, and if, you're, if you call Vessel home, then, then some of this will make sense to you. And I want to share with you a little bit more of the details about kind of the road we've walked and what that's looked like. And so we've really been in these uh, micro seasons is kind of how we've looked at everything. And, and, and so we've 
while we've been a church for about three years, four years, as a part of Austin Christian Fellowship, and then this past year, at the beginning of 2019, making the decision to go out and become an autonomous church on our own, and them sending us out, is that uh, it's a lot of ways we're like a brand new church plant, but that's been doing church for a few years, which there, there's good things about those, that b- both of those realities, and there's hard things about both those realities. Good things is, I mean, just logistically, like we're here, we're set up in the YMCA, we have a home, we have a space, we know what this looks like, we know what to expect with our children's ministry, we've got people that are trained and ready, and uh, people that are serving on those teams, and are, are load and load out, we've got a good, healthy team that's doing that, and tech and worship, and we've got all those things figured out. The hard thing about that is we've been doing that for three years. So for three years, we've been loading, or four years, three years of loading in and out, three years of doing children's ministry, and so with that comes fatigue and those sort of things. So there's good and bad things about all of that, but I want to talk a little bit about what the last essentially eight months have been for us and really where we look going forward. So let's, let's rewind back. So in, in, in February of this past, of this year, February, and it was exactly February 17th of 2019, ACS uh, came and blessed us and, and sent us out as our own and autonomous church. And so that was a season basically from February 18th, which was that Monday, through May 31st, which was the deadline on, on us becoming a legal entity as a church and as an organization. And that would, that season was fast and furious this past kind of end of winter and end of the spring. And it was a lot of staring down at our feet. And, and I don't know if you've ever been, uh, like if you've ever been hiking somewhere that, that's a bit treacherous or, or maybe it's steep or whatever, or the rocks are loose. It, it's a lot of like looking down our feet at every step, what we've got to do. And it was, it was very task-based. So we really focused on what are the things that need to happen? What are the things that need to be done uh, by this May 31st deadline? And so it was really staring down our feet saying, we've got to get these things done. And it was interesting what the Lord taught us through that as we, you know, uh, developed a name and developed a mission statement and developed core values on top of uh, filing with the, the state as a legal entity, writing a 501c3. And if you've never filled out a 501c3 application, I don't recommend it. It's, it was our, literally, when we sent in, it was 72 pages long. And, and writing bylaws and praying and talking through all that sort of stuff, that's a lot of work. And, and nearly 90% of that work was done by volunteers in our church. And man, it was just so good to see our people rise up and for God to use people and to give their time. And so it was really a lot of staring down at our feet. And it was so good. And, and our teaching during that time, we taught through Nehemiah. We talked about Nehemiah rebuilding the wall. We talked about this idea of brick by brick, what it looks like to build, rebuild the wall, and, and how everyone was a part of it, and everyone did their job. And then we hit May 31st, and we, and we made it. I mean, believe it or not, we made it. I, couldn't, I, I mean, not a day or two to spare, but May 31st, we hit, and everything that we needed to do, God had provided for and had happened. We set up a bank account. We, we had a name and a logo and, and all this sort of stuff, and then... So that was, that was this micro season. And so then we entered into this next season that was essentially June 1st through August 31st, which if you know it today is August 31st was yesterday. And that was this second kind of micro season. And it was, it was a little bit better as in the sense of, okay, we've been staring at our feet to get these things done. Now it was looking up and trying to figure out kind of where are we? 
Okay, Lord, we, we've gotten all these things done. We've, we've been obedient to that. Now, where do we stand as a church? And as, as where, where are we? And kind of getting our bearings, so to speak. And, and even, I want you to know that even our, our finance team that developed uh, our budgets for these times, we had a budget that went from February 18th through May 31st, and then we had another budget that was from um, June 1st through August 31st. And so they create another budget, and then they've developed another budget that begins today, September 1st through the end of the year. And so if this past micro season, then this summer, was really kind of this idea of getting our bearings and really praying through and trying to discern and hear from the Lord what our direction and coordinates are. And so, uh, as you guys know, and if, if y'all have ever seen online, our, our logo, uh, our name is Vessel Collective Church. And that, that idea of a vessel is biblical, and it comes from lots of places in Scripture, from Second Corinthians that we read last week, from Second uh, Timothy, talks about being a vessel. And it's not a ship. It's not a ship. I mean, a ship is a vessel. It is a container of people. But really, this idea of every one of us is, is, is our, we are like these jars of clay. And this, in Scripture, it literally translates that we are a vessel for Christ, and that it's Christ that lives in us. And that's really God gave us that identity and gave us that calling, our mission statement being uh, we are called to be vessels of the living Christ, set apart for his purpose and his kingdom. But this idea of this compass rose kind of came out of, uh, we were reading through Acts, and, and there's this, one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture is when uh, Paul is shipwrecked in Malta and Acts, and this idea of, of us being on this ship and God giving us our coordinates. And so that Compass Rose logo really comes from the, the submission and the obedience to it. We, we want to be who God is calling us to be. And that's what these past three months have been, is understanding where we are and getting our coordinates to not just say, okay, God, this is who we are, but who are you calling us to be? And where are you calling us to go? Because I'm a firm believer in the body of Christ, collectively around our city, around our state, around our country, around the world. And I believe that in the entirety of the body of Christ, that God is made complete and whole and perfect in that. And, and while everyone, every church may look different, and we have may, maybe have diff, different, you know, we meet in a gymnasium. There's other churches down the street that meet in a cathedral or, you know, in, a, in an elementary school, wherever it may be, or in a home, that all those, those look very differently. Each one of them is a part of the body. And so this idea of us having a calling as a church. And so this past three months have really been, and it's not just been me, it's been me and our, and our, our, our elder board and our leaders and deacons sitting down and praying through, God, who are you calling us to be and who are you calling us to become? And what are you calling us to do? And so uh, this morning and really today, this next season marks the beginning of that journey. And so I want you to think about it like this, as if, if, we've, gotten, if we've gotten our sea legs, it's like a child, that we stood up and we've, we've learned to stand. We've learned to walk. And now here's where we're going and here's where we're moving forward. So this morning is going to be a lot of vision and a lot of direction. And so, if, again, if you call this, if you call Vessel Home, then this is going to be exciting uh, for you. If you are new this morning, checking us out, this is going to be a great way for you to hear who we are and what we're about uh, as a church and who God's calling us to be. And so 
That's been what these little microcosms are. So um, we're going to talk this morning both about truth and scripture, and we're going to look at Acts chapter 2, but we're also going to talk about a lot of logistics and what that means. So uh, as we jump into that, I'm going to pray and just ask the Lord to speak to us during this time. So if you pray with me, dear Jesus, we thank you for this morning, God. I thank you that this past three months, Lord, as we've prayed through who you're calling us to be and where you're calling us to go and, and, and what you're calling us as a body to put our hand to, Lord, that that's not us creating things. Jesus, that, that you have a purpose and a plan for, for our church and for our lives. So I praise you for that, Jesus. I, I, I pray that as we open your word, God, would you speak through your, your, through your scripture? God, I love the idea that as your word says, it's, this is God-breathed scripture. And so, God, I just pray that you would breathe out on us right now. Uh, God, I pray that you would speak through me, uh, give me clarity, uh, and give us clear direction on what you're calling us to do and who you're calling us to become. And we thank you and praise you for being with us in this time. We pray these things in your name. Amen. So we're going to be reading, I mentioned, through in Acts chapter 2. And so if you would, go ahead and open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. And if you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. And uh, the lovely and talented Miss Janet Marshall will bring you a Bible. And I would love for you to read along with us. And so it's just going to be 10 chapters in Acts chapter 2. And as you're turning there, I'm reading from the ESV version today, which if you know, I talk a lot about translation. I don't normally read from the ESV, but I think as I was prepping, I just felt like the ESV really spoke more true to what the Scripture was. And if I haven't shown you these before, I know, Jessica, did you get some of these? Yeah. So Jessica and I were texting about uh, these Bibles, and I've shown them to you before. But there are these, if you know me, I love to journal. I journal every single day. And these are, uh, I forgot what they're called. I need to figure out. Uh, if you want some of these, let me know, and I will text you uh, and send you a picture. But it's Scripture, and every book of the Bible is a different individual book. And on one side is, is Scripture, and on the other side is Aries Fidi Wright. As you can see, I've taken vigorous notes of Acts chapter 2. So that should be encouraging for this morning. <laughs> But it's great. If you like to the journal, they're really good. So, uh, but this is my ESV copy of Scripture, these. And so, uh, I'm reading there this morning. And just to set up a little bit of context, Acts is the birth of the church. This is immediately following the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, and this is, this is really the start of the Christian church. And Acts chapter 2 is really, this, the book of Acts isn't just the birth of the church. It is. But Acts chapter 2 is really the moment where the Christian church, as we know it, is, is uh, comes into existence. And it's this very dramatic book of the Bible, and it starts off with the day of Pentecost. And if, you, if you've ever read that story, I mean, there's so much here, and if you've never read, I encourage you to read all the entirety of Acts chapter 2. But it starts, um, the context is, is that Jews from all around the country have gathered. It's, it's, it's Pentecost, it's the Passover, and that the disciples have gathered together in a home, and the Holy Spirit comes for the first time. And Scripture says that the, as the, just as Jesus promised, is the Holy Spirit falls on the disciples. And, and Scripture tells us that it's, it's as if tongues of fire land on each one of them. And if y'all were here last week, I talked about fire, and fire representing what is the presence of God. You think about in the beginning was the Word. Uh, not in the beginning was the Word, but uh, in the beginning the Word was the earth was void, 
And the Lord spoke, let there be light. And this idea of light and the spirit of God. And talked about Moses in the burning bush and God's presence coming to Moses. And so this idea of the Holy Spirit coming on each one of them as if tongues of fire, it's a sign of God's presence falling on them. And they're filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time, which is, which is a promise of uh, salvation. It's a gift of salvation in Jesus Christ that you and I receive today. When we say yes to Jesus that the Holy Spirit uh, dwells within us and falls on us. And so Peter and the disciples begin to speak. And, and there's, there's, there's Jews and people from all around the country that speak different languages and different dialects. And the Scripture says that every one of them heard their language perfectly being spoken. It was as if one person was speaking, yet everyone was hearing um, their own language and their own dialect, which is the ultimate prayer of a preacher. That's my prayer is I stand up here and I say whatever I'm going to say and then the Lord changes the words as they're coming out of my mouth as they go to your ears and the Lord does a miracle and you hear what you need to hear. Uh, but, it, but it is this Holy Spirit moment that the, the Holy Spirit falls and dwells in them and immediately begins acting and they hear the truth of Jesus Christ and Peter stands and addresses this crowd and for the first time with the Holy Spirit, he shares the gospel and he preaches to them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's this really significant and powerful moment. So we're going to pick up there is that Paul is, I mean, Peter has just stood and he's preached the gospel. And in verse 37, uh, Acts chapter 2 says this. Again, this is the ESV version. It says, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. That the Lord added their number that day. Verse 42 says, the, and, the, and, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. And awe came on every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all any who had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all of the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. And so I love this scripture, and this is really the birth of the church. And, and what we're going to do is we're going to look at it in two parts. We're going to look at the part uh, being uh, Peter addresses the crowd and shares the gospel, and it says that they were pierced to their heart. And as you know, if you've ever read scripture, scripture tells us that the word of God is like a double-edged sword that pierces between bone and marrow, and it, and it pierces our heart. And so he addresses them, and they say, what shall we do? He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. And said, the Lord added 3,000 people to their number that day. 3,000 people accepted Christ and were baptized. And then it shifts gears, just a verse later, and it talks about them, them and this is going to be the second part of what we talk about, being together in their homes, breaking bread, fellowship, prayer. 
And it talks about them being together with, with sincerity and generosity, giving to those who had need. It says that the, or, the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. And I love that idea. And that's the heart of this scripture is that in both cases, when they gather with a large crowd, um, the word said that the Lord added 3,000 to their number that day. And then when it goes towards them gathering in homes, and this is a continued together, continued to meet, it says the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. And it's in a strange way that this idea of the, the, the Lord adding to their number daily and growing the church um, is really the heart of both of these things that happen. And really the heart of the birth of the church. And um, the strange thing is, is in church world, this is a bit of a faux pas for some reason. And I don't understand, and if you know my background, I don't come from a seminary background, a church world, but this idea of the Lord adding to their number is something that's often a lot of times in church that's not really spoken of or is, is not discredited, but is not addressed as much. And we talk about church growth, and we talk about growing our church, and it's often, well, we just want God to do and to grow in us and to do whatever he's going to do. And whether we have a small amount or a large amount or whether God, you know, doesn't grow or does grow our church, it doesn't, it, whatever's fine. We just want God to grow, which is true, which is true. But a lot of times the idea and the Scripture pointing to the Lord literally adding to their number and literally growing their church and bringing more people in is not something that's often spoken about. Uh, but it, here it's clear that that's what the Lord is saying, that, that that's what Scripture is saying, is that the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And part of it as we look at and we begin this journey forward, that's part of the heart of what we feel God is calling us to, is we are praying and seeking the Lord to grow our church, for God to add to our number daily those who are being saved. And, and, and you're going to see here from Scripture that, that there's kind of two parts that we're going to look at. And the first is this. And the first part of the Scripture in verse 37, we're going to look at the idea of inviting others in. The idea of inviting others in. And this is the, the first thing that we see happen here is that, that Peter addresses this large crowd. Uh, and, and, and that Jesus is doing, I mean, Peter is doing exactly what we're doing here. He's speaking to a crowd, sharing the gospel, sharing the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's a, there's a few components here that I think are really important for us as a church as we think about the idea and the call of inviting people in. If we gather here on Sunday mornings and we gather in his name, and if we think what happens here matters, one thing that God is calling us to do is to invite people into that to invite people into what we're doing here. And the, the, there's a few things that I think are important for us to keep in mind uh, that Scripture says here. And the first is this, is that the message was for everyone. The message was for everyone. As I said, as I was kind of setting up the story, uh, when the Holy Spirit falls, that people begin to hear the word spoken in their language. I'm going to read through that. It, it starts in verse 8 if you want to read along, but no sweat if not. It says uh, that, that Paul and the disciples begin to preach. It says, in verse 8, and how is it that we hear each one of us in our own native language, Parthians and Medes, Elamites, and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, uh, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, 
Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocked, saying they are filled with new wine. And, and so this idea in the, in the, is the scripture, as, as God, as the gospel of Jesus Christ is shared, every person heard in their own tongue and their own language. And these aren't just native, these aren't just different languages like we think Italian and Spanish and English and Portuguese, but these are even different dialects of those languages. And so the first and foremost, when we invite people in, it's important to know that the gospel is for everyone, that the gospel is for everyone. And for us to, to think about that um, is important. Because as we think about the world and we look out and we know people, there are people that look, feel like us, that as we evaluate them and from the outside, they, they meet whatever criteria it is that we think that they should meet to be like us. And so one thing that's important, and we prayed this prayer this morning, as incredible as our worship team. We just prayed, Lord, would this be a place that everyone can come? Regardless of their background, regardless of what they believe, regardless of what they've experienced. God, we want this to be a place where everyone can come. And where this is a safe place that everyone can hear the gospel and hear how much Jesus Christ loves them. And we're praying for people that, that aren't just that aren't just different than us, but people that are hardened of hearts to Jesus. That somehow in 2019, Austin, Texas, the gospel of Jesus Christ has become offensive in some way. And, and that never before in my lifetime, I'm there, I turned 37 years old next week. I know it's hard to believe. But I turned 37 year, years old next week. And I, I've never seen in my lifetime such an aversion to the gospel and to Christianity. And it's different. And, and, and in a lot of ways, the, the Christianese culture that we follow perpetuates all of those things. Because what, what we desire is to huddle up with people that are like ourselves. But the truth is, is even here, is the gospel is for everyone. And so um, what we say and how we speak is important using Christianese language on Sunday mornings. And as as I did today, every Sunday, I'm going to, as we open the Word, I'm going to ask people to read along with us. I'm going to give some sort of context of what's happening in Scripture. And you may be sitting there and be like, man, yeah, we know. We know Acts. We've been there. But lots of people don't. And so this idea of us, us being inclusive to all people because we believe in the message of what we're saying. And this idea of we, us think, thinking people that are opposed to Christ and are opposed to church, we see them as our enemy. And that's never been the way that Jesus has saw it. Uh, it's funny because I, I, you know, I invite people to church all the time. I have no issue inviting people to church. I'll say, hey, you know, what do you do? Or I'll build a relationship with them. And I say, you know, hey, you know, you should come to church sometime. I say, oh, the standard answer I get is, oh, well, I'm not religious. I'm like, me neither. That's awesome. I'm not religious either. That's great. You should come. It's going to be great. And so we, we see this as uh, people that, that, you know, that are different than us. And so uh, one of the things, logistically speaking, is two Sundays from now, September 15th, is National Back to Church Sunday. And so as you came in, you should have seen on your, your chair, the chair next to you, or one on your row, a card that looks like this. It says, Back to Church Sunday. And so what we are doing logistically, and what I'm asking you to do is to invite someone to church, to invite someone to church. 
So you have two things. You have this Back to Church Sunday card, and then you have this card that says Vessel Collective Church. On one side has our mission statement. On the back, it's so simple. 10 a.m., Sunday, Chasco YMCA. Here's our website. I mean, people have all the information they need. And so what I want you to do this Sunday or the next, I want you to prayerfully consider who is it that I am inviting to church on September 15th. And I want you to write their name down. And then it, it, it says, on September 15th, I'm inviting blank. You can write their name down. And then it says, to church because, and then another blank. Why are you inviting them? That's important. Why are you inviting the church? It could be something of uh, just because I, I want them to hear the gospel of Jesus or they're looking for a church or they're new to town or, or whatever your reason is. So I want you to write that name on here. And then you're going to take it and you're going to drop it in those brown grace gift boxes on your way out. And our prayer team is going to pray for every single one of these. And you, and you don't have to do one individually. You can do one collectively as a family. Like if your family's here, say, let us prayerfully consider who is it that we want to invite. And it can be... Uh, it can be your neighbor. It can be a coworker. It can be a family member. It can be the friends of someone at your school. It can be a stranger. It can be, I, I mentioned up front, but it can be the guy that changes the oil in your car and you see him and you know him and, and you just want to invite him to church. And so you're going to write their name down. Then you're going to take this card and you're going to give it to them and you're going to invite them to church. Eighty-something percent of people say uh, that don't go to church or don't know Jesus Christ say that if they're invited, they will go. And I'm going to show you how that looks and how you do that. Scott, how's it going, man? How have you been? Man, I want to invite you to church sometime. September 15th, I don't know what you're doing, but Sunday, 10 a.m., I'd love for you all to have that. I want to invite you, you and your family. We'd love to have you. Right? That's not hard. You can do that. It doesn't have to be complicated. And you're not required if they don't come and we show up here on September 15th and no one's here. That's okay. But you invited them. You invited someone in. And when you invite someone, I want you to be intentional about it. Not just intentional about who it is, but intentional about inviting them. Come early. Don't come in at, at, at 8.10 or 10.10 where they're already sitting. But get here early and wait for them to arrive. And then greet them at the door. Say, hey, good morning. Let's go in. And, you know, if they get a cup of coffee, if they have kids, help them get checked into Vessel Kids, all those things. And then ask them afterwards, hey, do you want to go out to lunch? And let's go grab, grab a bite to eat. And I'll tell you, the two people that we are inviting are two neighbors. We live in a cul-de-sac. So if you, if it's, we've got great neighbors, and we hang out in our cul-de-sac often, so you should come by. And so one of them is our brand-new neighbors. They moved in um, Two weeks ago. I don't even know their last name. Their first name is Chad and Narai. Their daughter's Ella. Their son is Bora. And they're from Turkey. And, and I, I've shared this with y'all before, but my sister-in-law's Turkish. And my brother and them, they just moved from Turkey uh, just two days ago back to D.C. And so we're going to invite them to church. And we're going to go and we're going to say, hey, why don't y'all come? And we've already primed the pump a little bit. We've talked to him about it. And he told me, Chad, super nice guy. He says, we will come one time. Now, I don't know if he was, English is his first language. I don't know if he was saying, we will come once, and I'll appease you one time. Or he said, we will, I don't know if he's saying we're going to come a time. I think it's the first. I think he's saying, we will come one time. But man, they're great, and they desire relationship. And, and you know, I know nothing about their background. I know that Turkey is a Muslim country, but I don't know, I don't, I don't get any sense that they have any context of knowing Jesus or being included in church. 
and they're brand new from Turkish. And so I, I put, I'm tr- inviting Chad and Arai to church because they're new to our neighborhood and desire community. They're wonderful people. The other neighbors we're inviting is we're inviting the Shell, fa- the Shell family. We've lived next to them for seven years and have invited them multiple times. They're a sweet, incredible family, never been involved in church. And I'm inviting them because I want them to know how much Jesus Christ loves them. Man, I want them to know that. And so I don't know if either of these families will come, but I'm prayerfully considering asking them. And I will tell you that I've done this before. And Jorge and Lisa Gonzalez, when we started church, I sat in my my office and they live across the street from us. And I prayed, I just prayed for them. They moved in, I met them, I just prayed. And and, and they're some of our closest friends now. We're in small group. You never know what God's gonna do and, and, and what that is, but invite people in. And so I want to leave you, um, now the second point, I don't want to miss this. The second point is this, not only is, is the message for everyone, but the second point is this, is that we bear witness to the message. And that's important. In verse, four, in verse 40 uh, of, of Acts chapter 2, it says, and many, with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them. You see, Peter did not just deliver a message. This is not just handing out a track or telling a good story, but it's bearing witness and giving testimony to Jesus and to Christ. And that's so important. And think about it. It's, um, it, it's what gives the gospel firepower, is that you can say, this is the truth about Jesus Christ, which is important, and they need to hear that, that story. But let me tell you what it's done to my life is that I am different, and I am changed, and I have been saved, and here's what God has done in me. If you just share the, the gospel, if we're just telling a message, that's why I stand up here, and our, one of our core values is authenticity, and we value authenticity above all other things, and I share my heart, and I share my struggles with you. I share where I am in my life, because I think bearing witness matters, and testifying matters, to testify with what God's doing. And think about like buying or selling a product. If you're going to go buy a new product, what do you want? You want to hear from someone that's used it. You want to hear someone that says, man, this vacuum cleaner, we have a Britney Spaniel and she sheds like crazy. And this, we, you don't see any of it in the house. In this Roomba, he just goes all over the house and gets all the dog hair. Right? You think, I'm going to buy a Roomba, because, not just because I know what it does, because this guy has testified to how good it is. The same is true about Jesus. And forgive me for comparing Jesus to a Roomba, but you get the, you get the idea. Is it, man, you have been transformed. Your life has been changed. I know you. Share that. Be authentic. Be genuine. Share the struggles. Share where you are still struggling and share what, with what God's done in your life. And I'll leave you with this, and I love this scripture. It's in Romans chapter 10. It's the heart of this idea about inviting people in. It says, everyone, Romans 10, 13 through 15, everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The gospel literally means good news. And that is not about me preaching and the, the, how beautiful are my feet for bringing the good news. That is us. That is us. I stand up here and I teach 
But this is not my message. This is our message. This is not my church. This is our church. I am a part of your church just as you are a part of mine. And we've got to have that mentality. So I want you to know, how can they believe in Jesus Christ if they haven't, been, if they haven't heard? How can they hear unless they're invited and brought in? So that's the first part of, of what God is calling us to do, is to prayerfully consider who is it that we can invite in. The second part, as, we, as Scripture shifts in verse um, 42, it's the idea of taking the gospel out. Not only are we to invite in, but we are to take the gospel out. Scripture says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And awe came on every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and they had things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all, as many uh, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad, sincere hearts, praising God and having the favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Not only are we to invite people in, but we've got to take the gospel out into our homes, into, into our neighborhoods, and into our lives. That it's so easy and so many churches get wrapped up. And if, imagine if we had 3,000 people, bam, that were baptized right now today. They came to know Jesus Christ. We baptized 3,000. I mean, I think a lot of us had the idea of, all right, man, great work. We've done it. All right, 3,000 people. This is good. We'll see you next week. Right? Next Sunday, same time, same place, and we go. And that, that's a mentality that a lot of people, what we have, is that we treat, serve, we, we treat church like this is like, this, like a gas station, that we come each and every Sunday so we can get filled up. Just like you fill gas in your car, that is why we come, so we can come and get filled up. And then we drive throughout the week, we get down to empty, the light comes on, and we go back to church, and we fill up again. We drive, we get down to empty, the gas light comes on, we come back again. But that's not what happened. The story of Acts chapter 2 did not end with 3,000 people being baptized that day. It said, then it continues. It says, and they continued to meet in their homes. And I love um, the language here. And, and look at what it says. It says, uh, it says and continuation. The repentance, the salvation, 3,000 people being baptized. That was the beginning, not the end. They who? The 3,000 people that were baptized that day. They didn't baptize them and say, all right, hey, salvation, good luck, I'll never see you again. No, the they is the people that came to, know, came to have faith in Jesus Christ. Devoted. It literally means to commit and to be steadfast towards something. They committed themselves towards these things. And then it lists four things. And so what God is calling us to do is to continue to meet in our homes, to take the gospel out. And it says that we, they did four things. First, it says the apostles' teaching, literally the word of God. This fall, we are doing this study of John. We're doing it in our small groups. We're going to be teaching through John. We have an 11-week a devotional towards John, and we're going to be discussing our small groups. And it's literally the apostles' teaching, the, the Word of God. And so that's what we're focused on. So I want to encourage you of two things. First and foremost, get in a group. Get in a vessel small group. Uh, our vessel groups kick off next Sunday. And I'm asking everyone to participate. So if you are a sm if you are leading a small group, I'm going to ask you quickly to stand up and come 
forward, and I'm going to introduce you so people can see you, uh, and we'll talk about your group real quick. And so that's my first thing, is the apostles teaching, get in a group. All right, so stand up if you're leading a group and come forward. Quickly, don't be shy. Jenna Craig, you're in my group and you're leading, girl. Come on. I'll call you out. All right, so... Really quickly, if you're not in a group, they kick off next Sunday, and we, we meet in home. So y- y'all have to stand by each other. Shay, go down there by uh, the prettiest group, my wife and Jenna and me. We are meeting on, when are we meeting? Thursday nights, every other Thursday. Starting the 12th. Starting, starting the 12th, okay? So if you're interested, we have room in our wonderful group. So you should see these two beautiful ladies the second most, I'm just kidding, uh, the, the Maxwells and Ledyards, where are you guys, when are y'all meeting and where? We're, we're going to be meeting on, sun, well, in most, most likelihood, we're kind of feeling it out from people that are interested, but Sunday nights at 4 o'clock um, at our home in the Brushy Creek neighborhood. Boom. Talk to them. Chris Crook, you, your whole group is out. They, don't worry, Chris is not alone. It's not just you and Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and the, the marshals are in their group. When, when and where are y'all meeting? Uh, we meet on Tuesday nights at 6.30, either at my house or at Mike and Missy's house. Okay, great. You should talk to Chris. And then uh, the Robinsons and James group, where do y'all meet? And when? Y'all don't know yet? Okay, they're a new group, so you should talk to them. Thursdays at the Jameses, potentially. So you should talk to them. Uh, or where? At, at, or at Robinson's house. Y'all are bringing it down. It's not Martha's fault. It's y'all's fault. All right, y'all go sit down. And we've got, we've got some other, we've got some other uh, groups as well. But get in a small group. If you go to our website, vessel.church backslash groups, you can submit a form. Get in a group. We're all going to be doing the John study. This is a, it's, it's five days a week. It's literally five pieces of, five passages of scripture. It's five verses a day. I'm asking you, can you do that? Can you do five verses a day in the book of John? And it's funny, we met this week to talk about uh, and and pray through what the teaching is going to look like. And we said, you know what? If the apocalypse happens at the end of 2019 and and like, you know, the the world ends, we're ending on a good one. The book of John's got it all. I'm telling you, I don't care if you've been following Jesus Christ for 40 years. Your life will change. Your life will change and you will be transformed. And so these are $9 a pop. You don't have to pay me. Just put it in our grace gift boxes or add to your tithe. And, the, and they're nine, $9 a piece, and you can get them in the, um, in the foyer out there. Shea will be out there. So that's the first and foremost is the apostles' teaching. The second thing that they did is fellowship. Not only did they, they commit themselves and devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, but to fellowship. And that is something that we often know and see and recognize, but we can't always describe. And what fellowship literally means is to share with one another. And I want you to listen to the language in this scripture. It says things like they devoted themselves. It was collective. It was a group of people. All came upon every soul. All who believed were together. They were selling their things, giving to anyone who had need, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, having favor with all the people. That really what fellowship is is sharing your life with someone. And that's what, I, you know, I can testify to our small group. I love my small group is that it, 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 I know these people and they know me. They know my flaws. They know my strengths. They know my insecurities. They know what I'm going through. We've prayed through difficult things together. 
I've been in small groups in the past where we've watched, we've had people lose babies. We've had people that lost jobs. And it, it is getting into the real sharing in life together. And it is not superficial. It is deep and it's deep quick. I know things that are going on in their lives that they're before their families know, that they're praying about. And that's powerful and that's incredible. That's what fellowship is like, is to do life together. And it's loving one another despite all of our flaws and despite all of our insecurities and our fears. And that we do it together. That's what fellowship is. Um, To the breaking of bread, it's, it's communion. It's literally the idea of sharing Jesus together. That my walk and my faith in Jesus Christ is not done alone. That we share in Jesus together. And it's prayer, which is literally the work of Christ followers. We are praying for one another. We've seen God answer our prayers. And so that's what it looks like to take the gospel out. Imagine if every one of us were meeting in homes in our neighborhoods and inviting people into that and seeing what God can do there. So those are the four things they focus on. And so get in a group and then look at the fruit that comes from that. And I'll wrap up. Um, and in verse 43, because of their, their devotion, because of their gathering, verse 43 says, awe came on every soul and many wonders and signs were being done. And this was the richness of their faith. They saw God at work, not just coming in on Sunday mornings and having this experience, but they saw God working in their lives. Scripture says that all who believed were together and had all things in common. And don't mistake this. It doesn't mean that we all have the same taste, right? It doesn't mean we all have the same taste. When we hear that scripture about them all having things in common, it doesn't mean we all have the same interests or do all the same things, but it's big life things, and it's Jesus. It doesn't mean that we just have, like, Josh and I have different taste, right? Josh uh, likes and roots for the Aggies right? I root for the Longhorns. It's not my fault that Josh has bad taste, right? That doesn't mean that we can't share together. But that's the idea, is all we're together, sharing what they had in common. And the point is that they were unified in Christ. One of our other core values is unity. It's being unified in Christ, despite poor taste in football teams. Verse 45, and they were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all, any who had need, and they received their food with glad and generous hearts. And I like this, this idea is that don't mix this up. This is not, God's not calling us to be a part of a commune. He does not want us to, to develop some hippie cult, and this isn't socialism where you all just compile our money. But what it is, is it's caring and loving one another. It's meeting one another's needs. It's when, when, when Shay and I had our, our third child and he was in the NICU for 10 days. It's, it's our neighbors in our small group caring for our home, going to let the dog out. When we got home, um, you know, we had food. It was Thanksgiving. We got home on Thanksgiving Day. We had pies and foods ready for us. And it wasn't because I, it wasn't, they weren't required to do it. This isn't legalism. This wasn't their due to the hippie commune cult. It's because they love us and they provided for our needs. And that's what it looks like. So in closing, And I'm going to invite the worship team back up here. I want to encourage you to do two things. So first of all, invite people in. September 15th, National Back to Church Sunday. Invite someone, bring them to church. The second thing is to take the gospel out, to get in a group, to do life together, and to see what the Lord does. And that's what, you know, it's, Grant, will you put that slide up there for Rad? This is the fruit of that. 
We have RAB Ministries, which is our special needs ministry. This is fruit from our devotion to one another, for our commitment to meeting together on Sunday mornings and meeting together at home. Is that God birthed this ministry, and this is incredible. And so I want to encourage you again, September 21st, to get involved, to come see. Shay's going to be out in the lobby and how you can serve and how you can get involved. If you guys would uh, stand, let me pray, and, and we're going to close. Uh, with focusing on Jesus as the central of our church. Lord, we thank you and we love you and we praise you, God. I pray that you give us a spirit of inviting in, God, and you give us a spirit of taking the gospel out of here. We are completely and totally submitted on who you are calling us to be. God, we pray that you do that in us. We thank you. Amen. We thank you for listening today and pray that you are blessed by this message. We invite you to join with us on Sundays or connect with us at our website, vessel.church.